Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. Kristen DeAngelis, registered dietitian, joins us again. A very uncaffeinated, probably sad soul of a person uh, that Kristen is because I just found out that she's been without, without uh, an abundance of caffeine um, since November. So I'm RIP, I guess. That sucks. That's, I'm so sad to hear oh, that. Eric, it is a beautiful thing. My baseline energy is through the roof. I don't need anything that makes Bullshit. me jittery. Good. No, no, I don't believe that for a second. We're going to skip right past that, though, and we're going to get into uh, something that that uh, I think it kind of hits close to home for both of us, it sounds like. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about binge eating. And so what I really want to talk uh, start out with is let's define binge eating. Um, and then we can kind of take it from there. So from your experience, since you've dealt with it um, more on the professional side than I have, what is the definition? What is the definition of binge eating? And then what do maybe people think binge eating is? How about that? Great question. Great question. So I want to kind of go through more of the diagnostic criteria um, and then and then break that down a little bit. So Really with binge eating, we're looking at eating in a very finite, a discrete period of time. So it's something of like, you know, one hour or two hours. It's a short period of time where it's an excessive amount of food, more than what anyone would classify as normal, like I'm putting quotes normal because everyone's eating nowadays large portions. But this right. is specific, again, to that one or two hours, even 30 minutes, and where there's a real, a real sense of complete lack of control, um, almost fear around it. And, and really like, um, I kind of personally relate to this where, where you feel like it's an out of body experience and there is absolutely nothing that can stop you. It's just, it's a, it's a real fear. It's this, this huge sense of lack of control. Um, so a, a few more items from that diagnostic criteria, if you are listening to the show, um, I'm just reading this off from the nationaleatingdisorders.org, which also has some um, really great resources and even like some quizzes that you can take if you are suspecting that you might be suffering from binge eating. Um, binge eating episodes, if you check off three or more of the following, and I'm going to name out a few. So yeah, eating much more rap rapidly or quickly. So like just completely like stuffing your face as much as you can get in as quickly as possible. Um, Second would be eating until you're uh, overly, really uncomfortably full. Uh, third would be eating large amounts of food when you're really not physically hungry. Um, four would be eating alone because of feeling embarrassed or feeling guilty or ashamed. Again, I'll raise my hand. That's definitely happened to me before. Um, and the last one would be feeling disgusted with oneself or depressed mm. or guilt and kind of that, that cycle that leads mentally after. 
Yeah. So yeah, so if you, if you check off any, you know, three or more of that, then I would um, highly encourage to open up the discussion, check out this website, or reach out to me um, as someone who does work now with uh, a variety of different types of eating disorder clients. It's really important that we address it, you know, nipping it at the bud and not letting it continue to go on and on and on for years. So if, if a person checks off and they meet the criteria, what, obviously, you know, reaching out to that website or someone like yourself, experienced mm-hmm. um, leader in helping someone manage, manage those types of um, urges and that type of behavior, what are some other things that you recommend or strategies that maybe people can, can start to incorporate and, and kind of go from there? Yeah, so I, I think that's a great question. I, I think it'd be helpful also to maybe identify, uh, because I think at times almost anyone can think that they have binge eating. Right. And again, I think almost anyone could also benefit from working with a dietitian, a nutritionist, or a trainer, mm-hmm. a health coach. Um, but really when we're looking at that more um, clinical aspect of binge eating, um, it's, it's again more of that complete lack of self-control and real discrete period of time. So I just want to clarify that for someone who kind of feels like, oh, well, you know, my husband, for example, I was, we were talking about this last night and he's like, oh, well, I checked off binge eating on your, like, I was having him read my sample intake form. And I'm like, well, you don't really have binge eating because you don't really feel guilty after you kind of just like eat the 25 Oreos and then you're like done and you're good and you, you think that that's part of the weekend and like you're cool with it. And, yeah. and for someone else, it might be like, okay, I'm going to grab the Oreos, go into my room and uh, try to eat them as quickly as possible before someone, you know, wakes up or comes back in and then I'll discreetly put them back in the cabinet. That would be more of a clinical sign that we're being more aware of. Okay. Is there like hiding going on? Is it, excessive amounts in that finite period of time those would just just to kind of clarify that is that kind of helping a little yeah, bit just no it definitely does because <clears throat> so on, on like a when so my brain goes in two different directions so i'm going to start over here when i hear binge eating what i typically what i typically see in my mind and maybe a lot of other people do is they see that person going through the drive through um and ordering you know, five different meals and acting like it's for somebody else. You know, it's that very like, I would say stereotypical person driving through and they're, and they get home and they just, they gorge it all. And then it's almost like uh, shark eyes. You know what I mean? Like everything just goes red and they black out. And, and, and that's kind of what I think uh, a lot of, maybe a lot of people think of. Um, I've had moments and I don't know if I, if I should look at that and like check things off where I've come home after, um, I've come home after like, you know, a long day and I do the whole fasting thing. So sometimes most of the time I'm very controlled in what I eat and the amount that I eat and the portions that I'm, you know, done eating at a certain time and blah, blah, blah. But there are some times that I've come home and I've had my giant salad that I usually have with like sardines and nuts and everything. And then I'm like, you know what? I want some, I want something sweet. So then I'll grab like a half of a dark chocolate bar, which like, you know, it's like 80% cacao or something with like a handful of, um, blueberries or something. I'll shove that down. And then I'm sitting there and I'm like, damn, I want something else. Okay. So I'm going to go and I, and I keep going to a point where I'm like, all right, once seven o'clock hits, I'm done eating. I don't know if that qualifies to me 
as like, you know, being a, a clinical issue. But to me, that's like an episode that maybe a lot of people can relate to if they're like living, living an active lifestyle, um, maybe have never had like episodes like that. So I don't know if there's like one area to put everybody in or if it's like a big broad spectrum of, of binge eating. Is there? It is? Yeah. Definitely a big broad spectrum for anyone. Like that's that's for anything really. And so I think that that this point really relates back into what we talked about on one of our previous episodes, which was um, understanding the difference between physical and emotional hunger, and how to identify stress eating, um, and how to handle that. So I think that would definitely be an episode to go back to and evaluate. Okay. Um, I I I I would like to have people also think about, you know, if this is occurring at least one time a week and it's been occurring one time, at least one time a week for the past three months, that's another clinical diagnostic criteria. So it's kind of something else to, um, to think about. Um, also some other things that can kind of happen though is right. Like stomach cramping, weight fluctuations that come up or down and also really, um, the disordered thinking around the binge eating behavior. So, you know, kind of getting into an all or nothing behavior. Um, for me, I'll kind of share with you a little bit of, of my, and I was saying this right before we got on the show, I actually have, have not shared this with anyone. So way to just share it with the whole world. <laughs> That's just how we roll. So when I was in college, I, again, my way to control was to control food. Okay. And so when I didn't eat enough, that's when binge eating would hit really, really hard. And that's a sign of, yes, I was physically not providing my body enough calories that it needed for the high energy and demands I was, I was going through. Um, but that, but I, I relate that to anyone. If you are under over or a normal weight, no one knows if you have an eating disorder based on your weight. No one knows that because you could be under over or a normal weight. Um, what can happen though is when we restrict, right? So someone who kind of wants to chronically be on a diet, that's what now is kind of leading into that cycle of binge eating. And that's how we start to address, well, how do we get to a solution? Okay. So if we're restricting, we're on a diet and then we, you know, have restricted so much that now we want to go overboard and we overeat and then we get those feelings of uncomfortableness, um, of guilt, right, or shame, or whatever we feel, and then we say, "Oh, I'm going to get back on on the diet on Monday," and then the whole cycle continues. And so, you know, relating back to me several years ago, and then also, you know, if anyone's listening and you find that you're kind of a chronic dieter, that can also be a sign that you're you're getting stuck in this habit loop. Uh, because for me, I kind of covered it up. Um, I kind of covered it up and would just love to try different diets. And I think it is fun to experiment. I'm, I am always saying it's important to experiment with your body, but I would take it to extremes, right? It was either, you know, hardcore vegan, hardcore vegetarian, hardcore paleo, whole 30, fasting. And though all those things can be really supportive, yeah. but if you're taking it into that all or nothing direction, that's where it can become. Um, right. Uh, yeah, a little more controversial. So, yeah, just kind of two cents on that. Well, I'm, I'm gonna and thanks for sharing that because uh, you know a lot of people and and like in our in our industry, people don't realize like they they think I think a lot of people will think that 
because you do what you do, I do what I do, we have our shit together. And that's not true. Like everybody has their own battles. We just happen to be in this field. And I think that's one reason why, you know, you're so good at what you do is because you've experienced some of those things that you help people with. Like I've experienced some things that I help people with. And, um, um, I mean, maybe this is a whole other podcast topic about, you know, what people should, uh, how, how people should view the people that they work with because you know, like we're dealing with things also as, as we help people go through their things. But um, so something maybe that popped in my head when you were talking about what you're going through when, so, so let's say somebody is doing, is doing this uh, binging one time a week for that, the three months. And you know, it's some fluctuation here and there. They kind of get back on the horse. They, they realize what they're doing and then they stop when people think of binge eating, at least when I do, I don't necessarily think of it as obviously it's not a healthy behavior, but can it be done with healthy foods, healthier options, or is it only using junk foods? Is, is there a, a separation of the two? You know, cause I mean, in terms of like the calorie content, you know, if you sit down and eat like a gigantic salad versus, you know, 25 Oreos, the calorie count and, uh, and the feelings and the emotions attached to one thing might be different than the other. But can, is there some like kind of cross section there? Is it like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go overboard here just because I know it's healthy. It's fine. I'm going to eat like 10 steaks. Or is it only like, I'm going to go overboard and because, because it is that, that unhealthy food. All right. So really good question, Eric. And again, I feel like I could I, I could kind of project what people are thinking. They're thinking that yeah, if it's unhealth if it's healthy food, you can eat as much as you want, and right. if it's unhealthy food, um, you know that's considered a binge. But let me share you two experiences, okay? For me, again, when I was in that all or nothing, there was a point in time I remember this one day. I think I ate like ten apples in a row. Do you know how like sick I felt after that? Even yeah, though I wouldn't let myself eat anything that wasn't healthy. Um, yeah. The second example, I and I, I still I don't binge on this, but I just love them. But I ate so many carrots and sweet potatoes in I don't know probably a week, and my skin literally started torn, turning orange. I was my my roommate was like, "Have you been spray tanning?" <laughs> so. So, so really though, I think this is an important conversation to have, you know, it's, it's hard to identify. So again, the question will always come back up to, is there, you know, um, an emotional component to it where mm -hmm. it's a lack of con like complete out of control. You feel like it's an out of body experience. Um, and even that hiding, right? So if you're going through a drive through that's also kind of like this little rebellion, right? It's like, right. I'm in my car, no one's with me, no one can see me, I can do whatever I want to do. So right. those are all signs. Yeah. yeah. So they're all signs. So do you want to get to kind of some way, some strategies? Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, one thing, one thing I do want to add to that though is, be, is I brought that up because there, there have been times where like I've come home and I've, I'll get into the, the cabinet. I'll have like the, and I've already said this once, but like the healthy, the healthy eating thing where I know I, I get like this effort. I've already, I've already had, you know, more than I should have screwed. I'm just going to have like another Thunderbird bar. <laughs> That's your fault, by the way, the Thunderbird bar. Oh my God, I love those bars. Have you had the mocha one? Cause the mocha one I, will blow, blow your mind. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, and it's I only, got I got the whole box. I and know. it's only and it's only nine grams of sugar, which which leads me which well which leads me to something else. Why I bring this up because I look I look at that um, the label. I'm like I've already had one. I'm gonna have another because it's only nine grams of sugar, and I allot myself twenty five grams a day or something some crap like that. So I get those ideas in my head, and I think it I think it's important for people to discern, um, like you said, what the the reason for for the outburst. And I don't even know what mine is. Sometimes I get home and I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to do it because either I think I deserve it or maybe I just had like a bad day or maybe I just feel like going off the rails. Like I, I don't exactly know where, where, what it's linked to. And maybe I should dive deeper into that. But so anyway, yeah, let's, let's go to, to the next piece and some strategies. Yeah, so I think it's really helpful. Like what you just said is number one, we have to understand the root. The root of like where is this coming from? So in my example, um, and and also even if you're you don't think you're under eating, you actually might be under eating because you're getting back into that like chronic diet restrict, diet restrict, binge that cycle. Um, for me, I was binging because I was physically restricting too much, and then when I started you know, eating normal portions, my brain was still so scared that it wasn't going to eat enough. So I was, I was, you know, constantly still kind of engaging in some of those behaviors. So that was, it took a while to break. And I, and I want to bring this up that um, recovery, full recovery from an eating disorder takes on average seven to eight years. Wow. Seven to eight years, not seven to eight months, not seven to eight weeks, but seven to eight years for actual like full recovery. So just keep that in mind um, and really having compassion for us during the process. Um, but what I will say is that, you know, one thing that I think is very common uh, when, for example, you get home or maybe it's sometime during the day and you're feeling like pretty anxious or stressed, yeah. um, what can happen is and this happens for me quite often. Um, I know what low blood sugar feels like. Low blood, blood sugar feels shaky, a little bit nauseous. You kind of just feel like this like flutteriness. Um, for me, that's what that what low blood sugar feels like. And so low blood sugar is, you know, physically you need to eat if you have low blood sugar. But what happens is that if we are highly anxious, um, if we're having, you know, anxiety or panic of some sort or worry, we can have those same um, kind of fight or flight and adrenaline uh, uh, pumping through, which we can associate, right? It's like, it feels the same thing in our body. So, so we feel like, oh, if I just eat, you know, something like this will calm it. Because that happens to me often. And I have to really yeah. slow down, take some deep breaths and understand, okay, is this like adrenaline pumping through my system? And, and to be honest, um, Eric, that's actually why... I stopped caffeine um, or stopped coffee. For me, it was exacerbating symptoms of anxiety um, and mm. kind of the those those underlying symptoms for me. Which, which when that happens, I confuse uh, actual anxiety with like low blood sugar. Am I hungry or am I stressed? So, right back to what you said, like we really want to identify number one where is this hunger coming from and and is it is it physical hunger because that's you know if it's physical hunger then we have to look at the whole day are we 
you know, what, what is, what does our day look like? Cause for some people fasting might work like for you, that might work, but for other people, you know, uh, fasting might be further feeding into those behaviors. Definitely. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so, for, for, Oh, you're good. Were you going to say something too? No, no, no just that, that I, I was, it kind of goes along with, um, everything else we're talking about. Like there, there are the different levels, you know, to, to the reasons why people are doing what they're doing. So I, you know, one, one thing is not a coverall in this situation. This is not like a, um, here, this works for everybody because you're binging and go and the seven to eight year recovery. That's, that's because you're dealing with like something physical and emotional and it's going to happen. These kind of feelings are going to be every single day. You got to realize maybe some people are, are like, holy cow, it's going to take me that long. But in the time, think about the, the time that a person has been maybe doing those behaviors, seven to eight years, it might've been longer, it might be 20 to 30 years, those behaviors, seven to eight years. If, if, if that's the actual outcome they're looking for, they're looking at uh, 78 year recovery time in the course of an entire lifetime. I mean, you know, that's a drop in the bucket. It's going to feel probably not like that, but yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that, that statistic isn't meant to like scare anyone um, because I've been working with people who make just incredible, just beautiful, beautiful changes in a matter of like six months or one year and working together. Sure. But, but I can still see that there's a lot of um, trouble with the language that they have, kind of the, the body image, the self-talk around foods. Um, and that's where kind of that like seven to eight year period um, kind of keeps going and prolongs just, so, you know, just because it, it does take time to like really rewire the brain. And so that's really where I would give my next suggestion um, as far as how to handle binge eating would be um, not just to work with a dietitian, but also um, specifically a therapist. You know, I, I went, I, I decided um, after college, I had people for a long time telling me to see someone and I was never really ready. I wasn't really ever committed. And then um, I decided when I was ready and I started working with someone and she literally changed my life. I mean, I, I've moved back to Chicago now, um, I guess like six years later, and uh, I decided to work with her again um, because I just think it's, I just, I just think working with um, someone in the mental health field is so, so helpful, no matter what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. On, so, on, uh, on any level, if you have like the two together, the dietitian and the therapist that can be on the same level, that's a, that's an, even an added benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I work with, uh, with several therapists and we kind of um, dual action with our clients, which is so helpful to really have that team approach. Um, and I would, I would say additionally to working with a therapist, a dietitian, a personal trainer as yourself. Um, so that's, I, I like to think of a support system of at least five and, okay, yeah. and, 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 you know, I know that you and I have worked with um, clients personally and, you know, our client has you, they have me, but, but I also ask, well, who else is on your support system? Is it, you know, your mom? Is it your friend? Is it a coworker? Is it a church group? Is it a yoga like community? Um, find those communities because the second that that eating disorder like starts to grow bigger and bigger inside of us is when we isolate ourselves. Um, there's a great film. If you haven't seen it, um, fat, sick and nearly dead Two. 
And I worked with Joe very closely. I, I um, traveled throughout the world filming Fat, Sick, and Nearly, uh, showing the film tour for Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead 2. And it shows just this. It shows that when we isolate, um, we very easily get back into those binge eating behaviors. So it's a, a story that kind of shows that and demonstrates that very well. Um, so I think building that support system, working with someone, um, being able to eat more regularly, more frequently, having um, a kind and compassionate uh, self-talk towards ourself and stating that like compassion is, is saying that this is hard. Like this isn't easy. This is going to take time. And there's people just like you doing it. And so it's reach out and find that support. That's what's going to really make the difference. Because that's, that's for me, that was my journey. The second that I opened up and was ready to ask for support and have, um, you know, that dialogue, that's when change happened. But when I hit it, when I isolated, it made it mm. bigger and bigger. Yeah. And then you're kind of digging yourself out of a hole after that too, right? I mean, you, are, you probably feel like you're starting from scratch and it takes you longer to to tell people what just happened. And I know when you and I work together with people and I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of guilty of being like a little, and I'm working on this like all of the time, but I'm, I'm, I'm guilty about being maybe a little more like to the fact, like, all right, you said it. Now let's do this kind of a action. Hey, so that's my, good though. That, you, some people need that though. Well, it's, it's some helpful. People, I think some people need that, but they also need, um, so in, in your circle, don't just have like an echo chamber of people make maybe one person can be that, that really stubborn hard head person that just says, Hey, let's do this. I'm here for you. You said I was going to help you now stop your shit and let's do this. And then somebody else can be like a little more, um, a little softer and more, a little more sympathetic, more empathetic. And, and there's variance because mm -hmm. that's because your emotions vary. Our emotions vary. The reasons why we do things vary. Um, in the moment, there might be one of those people you can reach out to, you know, differently, but they're all on your team. And that's, so have, having a support system is so freaking important. And, um, but, but like you said, like there's, it's not going to happen overnight. This isn't like a, um, a, a, a fix. And maybe somebody out there who, who thinks to themselves, you know, maybe I do have a binge eating problem. Maybe, Maybe, maybe I don't, I'm not so sure. You know, there, there are resources out there for you to find out. And if you do, then there are ways, you know, to help manage that. And it's, it's just as important as any other kind of um, habit, like, you know, an over-exerciser or, or, you know, you name it. Like there, there are a lot of these different tiers that we see ourselves in. And just because you're, you're not that person driving through the drive-through at three o'clock in the morning at Taco Bell, ordering five things off the menu, that doesn't mean that, um, there might not be something underlying that, you know, can lead to something even more dramatic down the road. So, um, Kristen, I, I, I hate to cut this short, but uh, I got, I got to jump off here. I get going, let people know where they can, uh, find you again and where they can reach out. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I, I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to support you on your journey. You can find me on Instagram at KD wellness. Uh, my website is kristendeangeliswellness.com and also rootsreboot.com. You can reach out to me and find me there as well. Perfect. And I'll link all that in the show notes and uh, all the hot topics that we discussed in the show notes. So Kristen, thank you so much. It looks like it's beautiful um, in Chicago. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Over and out.
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor. <laughs>